Hi, this is Kristen Cabrera, reporter-producer from the Texas Standard. One of the coolest things about working on the show is getting to tell stories from my community, like this one I did on high school UAL Mariachi. But you know, this is Texas. You'd be hard-pressed to go a week without hearing. Dun-dun! Listen anytime to the Texas Standard, wherever you get your podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello, and welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that formed and transformed them. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and in this episode of This Song, we're going to hear from Adrian Galvin, also known as Yokelore. Adrian has been in other bands. He was in Walk the Moon for a while, but Yokelore is his current solo project. I first heard his music when he came to KUTX, the radio station in Austin, Texas, where we make this podcast. And he played in Studio 1A, which is like our lovely live performance studio. And it was just him and a banjo. And I was expecting like folk music. But what I got were these blissed out, gorgeous tunes anchored by his beautiful, emotive voice. I got unexpected goosebumps and I left feeling better than I had when I went in which is always a sign of good music, for me anyway. Yokelore released an EP called Good Pain earlier this year, and I spoke with Adrian while he was on tour supporting that EP, and I was able to get a sense of where he lives, like, musically. And if you're listening to this on the day that it came out and you're confused as to why it came out on a Friday rather than a Wednesday when we normally put out episodes, well, it's because it's Hanukkah. And we really needed to put this episode out during Hanukkah because his story is centered around this holiday. It's like um, it's a Hanukkah song, actually. <laughs> it's a song called, like, In My Window, I think. And it's about, like, lighting candles on Hanukkah. It's like, in my window where you can see the glow from my menorah on newly fallen snow. I will set you one little candle on this, the first night of Hanukkah. And then it goes through all the nights of Hanukkah. We used to sing it, you know, with my family, and we have a pretty big family, and we'd all get together and around Hanukkah and Christmas and we'd sing a lot. I come from like a very an artistic family and it was my kind of first experience in being moved by music. It's a song that I've probably been hearing since I was like in the womb or something. <laughs> But yeah, we've been singing it ever since I was really, really little. And it's kind of like burned in my memory. And it's not that it's like a wonderful song. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's good, it's a, it's a fine song. But I think it's just the amount of, I don't know, there's a certain weight to it for me. Like I have memories of um, just looking around and like seeing my mother and our whole family really kind of like close their eyes and look around at everyone and really like took a moment to really see one another and to kind of be with one another and the music was a vehicle for that 
Well, do you come from a mixed religion household or you do you come from a Jewish household? I come from a mixed household. So you have one parent who's Christian and one parent who's Jewish? Yeah. Ah, so you guys celebrate yeah. kind of a Christmaka situation like we do in our Ex- house? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and my yeah, my parents were uh they're both pretty devotional, I'd say. Um if not religious, but devotional and they kind of refused to compromise a little bit and so we were forced to kind of do both you know go to Hebrew school every Friday go to uh, synagogue that night and then go to church on Sundays and go to uh, Sunday school on Wednesday afternoons and that's a lot of religion on the weekends yeah got (laughs) got confirmed and bar mitzvah did the whole thing you know it's interesting to me because my husband is Jewish and I'm I was raised Christian, and actually neither of us are believers, but we do celebrate the, you know, the high holidays with our kids. And one of the things that we comment on a lot is that there is so much Christmas music, like so much Christmas music. So much Christmas music. There's so much Christmas music, and there's so much really good Christmas music, and then there's just not a ton of Hanukkah music out there. So it's interesting to me that the song that you really identified with or that you really, like, felt... Do you remember, like, the first time that you heard it? Not the first time that you heard it, you know, because you'd heard it your whole life, but that you really heard it and that really made an impact. Do you remember how it made you feel? I remember crying, like, pretty early on. And and not like that, like, crying was, like, a normal thing for me or anything. Like, as a, a young teenage boy or something, when I was, I guess, I kind of became, like, conscious of this stuff around when I turned, like, you know, 11 or 12, and, yeah, I I think I remember, like, kind of, like, looking around as we were singing, and we used to sing it in a round, so that it kind of gets staggered and canoned, and it requires, like, a type of participation, and, I mean, not skill, but, like, you have to kind of rise to the occasion a little bit. And I think I remember, like, losing my place and kind of just kind of, like, stopping and looking around at everyone else singing and just kind of being a little broken up by it. In the window where you can send your glow from my menorah or newly fallen snow, I will set you eight little candles on this the last night of Hanukkah. I don't know, there's this certain, like, really intense nostalgia that's attached to the song. And it, and I think not just, for me, it's about, you know, celebrating Jewish heritage. And, and I think my parents' generation has a really complicated time with that because of, you know, what happened in the 30s. And I think a lot of their parents, like my grandparents, are, are atheists, you know, after their whole family back in Russia and Poland were all killed in the 30s. That generation didn't want to associate with their past like that. Well, and I think, too, it can be hard to believe in God when your family has been through a Holocaust. Exactly. Like, and that's my grandfather said. He was like, my whole family is killed. Like, what, what it's, you know, there's no good in the world and there's no, like, higher power that's watching out over us and there's, we're not the chosen people and, you know, all that. And so I think for my parents' generation, it was kind of about 
reclaiming that a bit through the education of us. And I guess I saw in in, in both my parents, really, and, and my parents were always, although they never compromised, they were very willing to participate with one another. So my, my mom went to church, and my dad came to synagogue and stuff. And I think I remember them, I guess, having this... Um, this like really personal and powerful experience that they were maybe having for the first time. And I think that really moved me. There was like a real intense vulnerability to it that I hadn't experienced before in my parents, you know? That they'd always be these like rocks of human beings, you know, who got food on the table and took us everywhere we needed to go and like knew how to get out of every situation and knew how to like figure everything out. And here they were kind of like in awe. And I think that really shaped the way I think about the importance of music and, and the possibility of, of how it can bind people. In the window where you can see the glow from my menorah, on newly fallen snow I will light you two little candles On this, the second night of Hanukkah I think that kind of devotional music early on, it, it almost like set the bar as to what music could do and what it could change for people. We grew up singing, everyone grew up singing, and we all grew up in musical theater actually. Um, so I had been involved in music but maybe not my kind of music I guess I hadn't really found my place in it yet and this was I think one of those moments where I saw that intense intense power like it was powerful it was just like this thing that we were all singing together changing our perspectives and was kind of moving our organs around and it was uh, like really enriching a connection that we all shared and it blew me away. And I think that aspect of it has really stuck with me in that I'm really concerned with, you know, writing meaningful words and giving people really substantive insights or trying to and not being okay with the normal kind of vapid pop music thing that happens a lot of the time. It's like, oh baby, baby. <laughs> I need something more and I require it out of myself because I think I, I have this experience and I, and I continue to have this experience, you know, with music and, and connection and family and this kind of weight to it that I think is really necessary. Because if like, if music can do this, then it should. my instincts are is in the kind of visceral quality of music or its visceral potential I want it to be a physical experience I'm I'm not satisfied with music as being um, an aesthetic pleasure or a I don't know it can't just be a story or something it needs to hit you 
physically. It needs to like, you need to be able to like feel something in your chest and be able to speak to it with your hips. And I think when I perform, I, I go hard because I want people to like feel this physical thing that I feel, you know, and that, that I want to sponsor in the music and in the listening and in the, in the whole experience. I want it to be felt. And what do you, and I ask this question a lot to a lot of artists, we talk about this. So music does have this ability to affect us on all these different levels, like intellectually, emotionally, and, and physically. Um, and a lot of times it does it with words and a lot of times it does it without words. For me, music is kind of magic that way. And I wondered if you had any mm-hmm. theories as to why it's such an effective mover and transmitter of like emotion and experience. Oh, I know. I don't oh, know you know. Theory. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, I'd love to hear why then. <laughs> so we all vibrate at, at really specific frequencies and the whole world is structured in waves. There are like light waves, there are like radio waves, there are sound waves. Basically, I think you can play with these frequencies and change the way you vibrate. When you add frequencies to yourself or you kind of like step into certain frequencies, I think they change the way you literally experience the world. And I think that's really what, what a lot of people call happiness. <laughs> You know, I think it's like being in tune with other people or being in tune with the vibrations of the world around you at the moment. And when you're in harmony with someone else or a situation or your life, it is magic. And this is Good Pain from Yokelore's EP of the same name. And he'll be on tour in January. So yes, I will post a link to his tour dates on the show notes page for this episode. You can find everything at ktx.org. And seriously, I loved making this episode. Adrian's take on music, how it can and should connect us on like a vibrational level. And his definition of happiness that really, at its core, it's all about being in tune like i want to take all of that with me into this hanukkah season and then on to christmas and into the new year 2017 has been so tough and i like many people have dealt with it by being angry or numb or flippant but i feel like that's not the solution right like being open and present and in tune with the people and the world around us i mean it's hard and it makes us vulnerable but It might just be the strategy to get us through these insane times. So happy Hanukkah. Here's hoping we all find some light during these dark, cold days. You've come to the end of another episode of this song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced and edited by Nadia Hamden, Art Levy, and me, Elizabeth McQueen. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern. Aaron Waltz is our social media intern. And thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And it's true. 
Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. KUT's next AT Explained live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.